0: Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Enterprise. It's five year mission, to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilization. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Greetings, salutations and welcome to Re Trek. I'm Captain Jim, with me of course is Admiral Elliot. Hi there! And once again, joining us for the live stream is Doctor Squee.
1: Hello, guys. How are we doing?
0: I'm not doing too bad. Uh, not too bad. It's been a old prisoners again. Yeah, been a, been an uneventful week in in world news, hasn't it? So you know, <laughs> I think
1: nothing is happening. Oh, sorry, there was a big story about uh, in beard shop.
0: Oh yes, no, that's a tash. It's because I'm doing Movember
1: it's the disappearing beard that was the new story i i can't think of anything bigger than that nope. you
0: know, No. Without... yeah so let's talk about something a bit more out yeah, there. yeah let's talk about
2: some star trek yeah let's
0: do star trek so this week's discovery getting a lot of critical buzz this one it seems to have gone down really really well i mean the uh the whole season so far has been well received but i noticed them um, because it for some reason, again, not relating to any specific world events, I've spent a lot of time on Twitter, particularly between Tuesday and um, Saturday. And so I've seen a lot of buzz about this coming up. And yeah, it seems to have been a very, very well-received episode. And not to blow my own trumpet, but I did kind of call this one last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: No, I, I, You were the first person I messaged when I was, I was still mid-watching it going, Kingy, you called it, and I must say... Admiral Elliot also kind of backed you up very nicely and brought on some of the stuff about the ceremony, I believe was uh, Elliot's calls. So yeah, we
0: yeah. Yeah, we, we could have written this one, and all these plaudits yeah. could have been ours. But anyway. But no, actually, written by. It's actually three um, staff writers. Uh, so just the, the regular writing staff Alan McElroy, Chris Silvestri, Anthony Moranville. And they've. I don't think the three of them have collaborated on an episode before, but they've all collaborated with others on other episodes, if that makes sense. And so there's no sort of one where we can go, oh, they did this episode. But, uh, yeah, they've they've been a constant in discovery from the start. And um, directed by Hanel M. Culpepper, which, again, I hope I pronounced correctly, who did uh, the Red Angel episode from season two... She did uh, one of the Mirror Universe episodes from season one, uh, but more recently did the three-part opening of Picard. Oh, right. Yeah. So I mean, and and
1: if if anything, Picard didn't get better as it went along. I think that's. <laughs> yeah,
0: that. uh, we could argue that. But anyway, no, it was a, it was it was a strong opening to Picard. So yeah, another solid director, solid writers, and. What I thought was interesting right from the off in this one is we start with a log entry which we very rarely do in Discovery anyway, and when we do, it's Michael. But it's not. This is, we start with Dr. Culber doing a log entry, and it's like, oh, is yeah. this going to be a Culber episode? Yeah. Spoiler alert: No, not really. Um, but no, it could have, it, <laughs> it should have been a Colbert, Colbert, episode, and I think, and I'll get to that
2: as we get there. Yes. And I think this should have, and I think, I don't think this had to be a Michael episode. I think it was quite contrite reasons that they yeah. used a... to make it a Michael episode. Yes. Well,
1: I mean, if, if we're going to go there, like, I mean, a, a, I did appreciate the Colbert framework, and I thought he was great. Mm. Yeah, I think you, you guys are right. I think... I mean, like, the, the I, I'm also not loving... It, it's kind of what they do with James Bond a lot now. It's like every mission, he has to be a reluctant person to do yeah. it. And he has to be so reluctant. And I think I mentioned this. I'm trying to remember what I was... Kind of drew a parallel to before in Star Trek. But, like, I'm just... I, I don't want Burnham... Like, if you're going to make Burnham the centre of each episode, don't have every time she has to be talked into it now. Yeah. Like they're obviously pushing very hard on this idea... Oh, it's been a year for her. She's just, so like she has to be talked into going in the, this mission. It just Though it guess, does lock
2: shoe leather, which well, just really just doesn't get. Well, me. what got me was that when Calder says it, he goes, "Oh, you've gone through change and you've time traveled." And I'm thinking, the whole bloody cruise time traveled. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is she really the person from your past experience of her? Is she really the person you want to offer this young girl? Emotional
0: support. <coughs> I. Yeah. Life changing I mean, moment. I can sort of. Come. I okay. can sort of see where he's coming from in the. Um, you're the best person for it. Because he, he does make the point of. You know, you've time traveled. But I know they all have. But it's like Michael has had a year there to acclimatise. So she probably is the person who's got the most knowledge of that world right now. So I can. It's a stretch, but I can kind of get there. Um, There's a
1: few things <coughs> with that, though. One, she doesn't demonstrate any knowledge of Trill that she's picked up. And yeah, died. this is true. And two, you've got uh, Colbert, at least should have been part of the way team. He is perfectly matched not only as a very empathetic character, as he's always shown, but also as uh, medical knowledge, which at that time, even the Trills wouldn't have any medical knowledge on a human host to a trill which they've no. already established they know. Yeah. Even though they're kind of like nine hundred years. I, I I think he like I just to speak to Elliot's point, I think he is the perfect person to go with her. Yeah. And again, the whole thing, the whole reason why Michael's picked and why Michael uh, kind of like put up protestations to not going. And then it's not used again in the plot. There's no reason to set that up because they don't pay it off. There's nothing they do yeah. in the episode with her, because yeah. so as soon as she's on the mission, she's fully on the mission. Yes,
0: it, it is, is very much a, well, you're going because you're the main character. It's it's kind of like from the mask, the cartoon, the kid's cartoon, and you know where they all have the different masks and they have the vehicles that turn into the different things. And at the start of every episode, they'd do this bit where they'd have the big computer and it'd go... Selecting ideal agents for this mission, and it'd go blah, 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 and do all these computations, and there'd be millions of people, and it'd always pick the same five guys because they're the <laughs> toys that they want to sell. What's the point in the computer doing it? It's gonna pick them five guys because they're they're the five guys in the show, and it, it's kind of that here with Michael. It's like you're the yeah, character.
2: this is something that we've said we've spoken before about with Discovery that. It's too Michael centric. Yeah, it isn't giving us enough of the other characters, and is and this is a, a prime example of an episode that we could have had a real in
0: depth into Culber. Yeah, I think it should have been a Culber episode, and I do think though they, not to denigrate what they do do, like with the crew and everything. I think no,
2: I think the episode's strong. a great episode. It's just starting to. It is getting too much of. It has to be Michael for everything.
0: It feels like yeah. she's shoehorned into this one, where rather yeah. than it I mean, being organic, you can
2: still,
1: you can still have her being the character whose eyes we see most stuff through. Like she can still be the framework of the series. Like, yeah. it doesn't she, hurt to have an episode of her though.
2: Yeah, she, she could have gone along on the mission as well, but mm-hmm. you could have had Calder there yeah. and doing his stuff, and she's yeah. there just to do the. Bits of shooting and bit
0: of fighting. Because I thought, like, are they keeping Culber on the ship to pay off this story with Stamets and Tilly? But he doesn't have any bearing on the resolution of that story, so... <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I, mean, I mean, he's there, and he's part of the ensemble crew, and I suppose, arguably it's better to have Michael off the ship to have this crew moment because they went through that trauma together and she wasn't there when they went through it. So that makes sense dramatically. But yeah, it did feel shoehorned in, which is my probably only major issue with this episode. Um,
1: There's a very minor one I like to throw in there as well. I would like just one line where Colbert explains that the ship's counselor died and thusly he is taking on the duty. Yeah. Apart from that.
0: <laughs> he's. I mean, he, he very much is taking that on, isn't he? He, he is yeah. moving into that counselor role, but well, like you quite, said.
2: Quite a lot through this episode, like he counsels uh, Saru, he tries to yeah, counsel yeah. Detmer.
0: Um, but, I mean. Um, we didn't have counsellors until TNG, and Discovery's pre-TOS, <laughs> so maybe there weren't any counsellors. Who knows? Well, <laughs>
1: yeah, something happened within, just before the time of Discovery, which outlawed counselling as a profession.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, well, mi- like, did they, ha- did they or didn't they have counsellors? I imagine that Discovery wouldn't have a counsellor, the nature of its mission in the first place. Yeah. But imagine something like the Enterprise... Probably did have also, a counselor. The... We might not have seen it. And knowing Captain Kirk, he wouldn't have been that into going to counselor all no, we'll the time. But imagine when goes. you had a long-term mission, a big crew like that, that you probably would put a counselor. It uh, makes you're, sense. You're,
1: right. you're right. Discovery's mission does actually extra well the fact that they wouldn't have had a counselor. Yeah, and
2: it's only You'd a smallish to... crew. It's scientific missions
0: and black medical Black Ops.
2: Out.
1: To
0: fulfill that, no, yeah, and he's doing good in the role as well. But um, I like sort of in his opening voiceover, like he's equating what the crew's gone through to what he went through, like he's literally been dead and come back. And he's like, No, you can, yeah. you can get over these things and you can build into something better. And uh, what is it he calls it later on? He gives like a particular term to it. Uh, I did write it down somewhere. Oh, uh, well, I'll get to it when we get to it. But he, he has a particular term for like this kind of trauma and everything. So he
2: calls uh, He <laughs> says what Michael's going through. He uh, said post-traumatic growth.
0: That's it. Post-traumatic growth. Yeah, and right. that you come out of like a
2: traumatic situation, and as a person, you grow and you you improve from the
0: trauma. Yeah and that's that's an interesting concept, and I do think they do. There is an interesting moment for Michael in this episode that when the they get down. Forgive me for jumping around, but when when they get down on trail, and she realizes like the leading in the wrong way, they're going to attack them, and she basically beats them all up. And, and Adira says, "Oh, you know that wasn't very starfleet." She's like, "No, it wasn't." And I do think the playing with this thing now of is Michael still. Starfleet, in that sense, you know, because she's had this year away, and it's we had a bit of it last week with the you know, her, her sort of bristling when she's called commander, and I wonder we all assumed from the start of Discovery, Michael's going to be the captain one day, sort of thing, but maybe we're not going to do that. Maybe Michael's going to you know go off and do her own thing. I don't, well, I don't know. The,
2: like the premise of the show was that it was always going to be from the first officer, so. Mm-hmm which is well. i don't think she, um, she's first officer but i don't i don't think she will be captain i don't think she's captain material
0: no and i think and, that's what they're exploring
1: yeah I, th- I think from the get-go that probably was their intention when they started it to make her captain one day and i think they've just changed as they've gone they've evolved which is really good as a, yeah as a show grows you should grow with it as a producer yeah definitely you should be able to to throw out like plans, unless it's a specific, like a Breaking Bad, which kind of reliant on an arc. This one, I think you can evolve as you go and get better. Like, a, I mean, I love the term, like you guys were saying, like a post-traumatic evolution or whatever they call post-traumatic it. Post-traumatic growth. Growth, that's brilliant. That's very Star Trek. And I think it's very incubator as well to grow your characters organically and go yeah. with them they go in a different direction from where you were planning and taking
0: them and um, i am interested in where this is going to go with michael like who is she now and where does she fit in now and everything so i like that there's a little bit of that but as we've said i didn't like the the clumsy way she was added to the the a plot really but um so they go to Trill. And they get in touch with Trill and we have this thing of, oh, the burn killed a lot of people and it's so great that... uh... Trill's
2: been decimated.
0: Yeah, which, as we know from Doctor Who, are they using the actual definition of decimate, which is to reduce it by a tenth, or are we using this hyperbole? So only the master got it right and actually did it by a tenth, but...
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wondered about this when they said decimated and I was thinking... like, Trill's been decimated. And I was thinking, well, have they lost a lot of population due to something happening when the burn happened? Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, well, with no evidence that Earth sort of got devastated in <laughs> any way. They just shut themselves off. So I think maybe... is Trill more decimated because they've got hosts and symbionts that can't get back to Trill? I think so. So they're decimated in a way that yeah. they've cut off from each other. I think
0: be it... that.
1: Oh, my, my theory was actually slightly different. I, I'm going to go with the idea that because it's kind of written into the Trill idea that they go off and explore other worlds, they become part of different worlds, different kind of, like, uh, life experiences, I think part of it becomes that they then go off uh, and experience different planets, different, like, civilizations, different things in that way, and then get that knowledge in that way, and they return to Trill periodically. So I actually like the a good percentage of the Trill hosts could have been off on starships and off around the world. So some would have been cut off, some would have got killed in the burn on different ships. Yeah, yeah. So I think actually it is quite plausible that a big percentage did get wiped out.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I think, like, there's probably a lot of the symbionts of being killed is is the big problem.
0: Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And what I liked about this one is it builds on Trill stuff that we already know from Deep Space Nine, but a lot of it's unspoken like you get these trills that like the whole thing of this episode is oh a humans never been joined with a trill and it's never worked and blah 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 but what you have to remember is that the trills are lying bastards about how many people <laughs> can actually have a symbiont they lied to the trill population yeah said because it's only there are some the very, very few. For all the population yeah so i think that has carried on from the time of DS9 and we've got to this stage that these guys have spent all this time going oh there's no other way and and it's because the society has perpetuated a lie that's become that ingrained and this episode they find out oh no actually that was that was bollocks and it's...
2: well to be fair we did see the TNG episode where Riker took on the thrillosaur yeah and his body was rejected. He was so, literally yeah. going to die from... I,
1: I think it's a good mix of things. So I think that probably because they wanted to stop kind of like, uh, going the way they didn't want it to go. Mm-hmm. So I think they did put out a load of bullshit in it. But probably there was a few times, like with Riker, when a trill was put into human body and it did reject it. And they used a couple of cases as evidence yeah, that yeah. it was impossible. So like like has been done with our science, sometimes people use a couple of examples to say, you know, like with stuff with COVID, there's a lot of false news because people use a couple of examples to prove a point. Um, Like, say, say mail-in photo for instance, (laughs) if, say, someone wanted to make a straw man out of that case, they could pretend a couple of isolated cases which have been proved to be debunked anyway are proof of a wider uh, thing. So I think it was very in keeping with Trill that they would have done that. And then perhaps it gets passed on throughout the generation. Yeah, exactly the truth of it and i think so i think there's a degree of them believing it that's based on bullshit and it's very much in keeping with that uh, civilization that even like 900 years later they would still be having these uh kind of very kind of uh, in science kind of explanations yeah and very xenophobic and that would have just been dialed up by the burn so it all works very neatly and
0: I think. yeah that's and that is what i think's going on and i think like you know, part of it that we had in the Deep Space Nine episode was the reason they were lying about how many people were viable is because there weren't enough symbionts to go around. Yeah. And now yeah. there's even less symbionts, so they're even less likely to go, actually, you know, interspecies joining is possible. So, yeah. And there's probably
1: a lot of people who are saying, oh, look look what happened last time we sent them out into the universe. <laughs> the last time we trusted Earth and the Federation. Yeah. Like, most of our trills got killed. So, like, they're probably, there is a good invested reason for them to keep up the pretense, the people who, who know about the life. And I'm guessing that's a small percentage of them. Yeah. yeah.
2: Like, it's you know, all now. The, like the symbionts have very long lived. So you have to, I imagine that they've got, a, they're so long lived that they probably don't have a lot of uh, offspring. No. Or the offspring of ch- children for a long time, a bit like we've seen in The Mandalorian with uh, <laughs> Baby Yoda, that they take a long, long time to... Because
0: yeah, because so I mean, the Trills, We, I mean, we don't know what their lifespan is. We know it's many hundreds of years, but yeah. we, we've not seen a symbiont die. We've seen hosts die, but, you know, RIP, Jadzia, but um, we've not seen a symbiont die. So, yeah, it's, it is interesting. And So, yeah, the, we find out Trill, I think, Elliot, last week you, thought, you said you thought Trill would still be part of the Federation, but... We, we find yeah, out that's not the case. We find out about the cut-off. Yeah. And we also get sort of a... Part of the B-pop plot being set up is that Saru's talking to Stamets about the spore drive and they need to find a way of having a non-organic interface now. As he points out, like, you know, Stamets was injured and put in a coma, which in this point in time... ...could leave them very, very vulnerable. It's the thing that makes Discovery unique. Unable to get around... Like, they do have dilithium... Yeah. But they're like
2: everyone else... Um, they can't replenish what dilithium they have... ...if they go through it all. No, they But I you. imagine... I actually imagine Discovery's got... ...years and years worth of dilithium on board... ...if necessary. But they don't know... ...if the bird will happen again... So they're the same as everyone else. Yeah, exactly. That the sketch you, style of him.
0: Yeah, and and this ties right back to season one because Stamets at the start was working on a a non organic interface, and it, it wasn't until they found the tardigrade that this idea yeah. of him being the navigator came through. So I like that they kind of calling back to that, and it creates this tension with him and Tilly and. Stamets very much goes back to, like, season one Stamets for parts of this episode. He gets really arsy again. And yeah, and there's only me who
2: can do anything. And... And
1: I think this... they've written that really well. I like it, like, in this episode well. He can flip between, if you like, OG Stamets and, like, who he's become. And, like, I think that's still a big part of him, so it's really nicely done. Yeah,
0: and I think it it comes to a brilliant head in this episode where you have the argument between him and Detmer and they're both feeling this almost kind of like survivor's guilt, I suppose, and, like, the burden of the responsibility, because in their own way, they both are pilots of the ship. And You know, Detmer in a a more literal sense more of the time, but Stamets, and, and so they both carry this huge burden of we... Whatever happens to the ship, we have brought it here, and therefore we are to some extent responsible, and you get them... Bristling against each other, but because they're both feeling exactly the same thing, and I thought that was really well done. Well, there's some like we get the
2: Dentner's um, what is it, haiku that she comes out with, and all about the blood of yeah. and it and that's showing a part of the trauma that as an audience we can see she's going through, yeah. Like we've already like this episode we have early on, she's exercising and. Colby asks her, "Do you want to talk?" And she goes, "No, I'm fine." Yeah,
0: yeah, no, but she
2: obviously that, isn't. No, and,
0: and she says that. What, yeah, what
1: it proved to be, I, I mean, because I, I was actually originally in fact, being a more um, kind of sciency based thing that was happening mm. to her, kind of to link in with whatever and when what, you know when they went through time all this kind of. Stuff. But I actually really appreciate the way they did this—that it was PTSD. She was suffering. It kind of showed also, like.
2: Well, it's slowly about, coming like, out, it isn't it?
1: She was talking about the blood because it was her talk about because she was the one who saw it. But he's talking about the blood because it's like it's his. He literally did it. And it kind of shows you what happens. Like the reason why Starfleet and the Federation is so important is because that's them working together. That's it. That's their blood that we had together. They were part of it. They both fly the ship. When they kind of get territorial about it when they go against the federation that's when stuff doesn't work like that's when it's like no i fly the ship no i do no you don't you take us for granted no you take us for granted like that was my fucking blood that was killed. you know yeah it just it beautifully plays into the overarching theme of the show i i loved it
0: yeah like
2: i like how we set up for this dinner though beforehand and we have um saru talking to the computer asking for suggestions mm. of how he should make the, the crew feel better and it and it ties lovely into Calypso. How you see the red sphere data on the computer screen, and then it um, starts talking with... Um, is it Zara? Zara? Zara.
0: Zara, I think.
2: Zara. With Zara's voice, and you start seeing the sphere data is taking over the main computer. Yeah. And it's becoming artificial intelligence. Yeah. And we're setting up for what we see, what we've already seen in Calypso. We're still... <laughs> We still don't know how Discovery's gonna spend a thousand years waiting for a crew. No. And I still think that uh Oh what what's she called? Giorgio. Giorgio is gonna get sent back in time, which is gonna set up the Section thirty one show.
1: I don't think Section thirty one's happening now. They've got too many shows in the boil. I think uh Strange New Worlds has taken I, I, I... Well
2: Well we talked about this actually, um while we were doing Lower Decks, they did one of the com- com- online conventions, and Kurtzman said that they've been, during this lockdown period, they've been working on Section 31 strips. Oh, and it's like, yeah. yeah so, we were
0: surprised at the time as well. But... Yeah, we were
2: very soon. surprised, because nothing had been mentioned of Section 31 for probably 12, 18 months, I think... and then suddenly it was...
0: I think Strange New Worlds has taken the place in terms of when it will be released, but I, I still think Section Thirty-One is on the back burner somewhere. Yeah,
2: so Section think, Thirty-One uh, is probably going to be the fourth live show.
1: Where Picard is set to be three series, I think it was maybe it's set to start when that finishes. Maybe, maybe. That's possibly. The,
2: yeah, the, yeah,
1: but yeah, it's. I mean, well, I, I just I, I thought there was some wonderful echoes as well as the in to uh, Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. Like, there was a lot of the, uh, you know, comfortable of the dinner party.
0: Yes, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a dinner party that turns quite tense as well. Yeah, Saree so was doing it for the, the best of intentions, but it ends up getting a little bit... I like well, where Bryce and I th- just I, Actually,
2: I think, like, you did do it for the best of intentions, and you see all this tension with the crew, and they start letting some of it out. Yeah. And that's actually good, because that's healing. When they're letting this frustration or anger or upset however you want to look at it they're letting the emotions out instead of letting them bottle up
0: it's it's actually
2: part of the healing mechanism
1: yeah Yeah. it was a success in the way Saru doesn't realize at the time yeah Yeah, and
0: Tilly's the one who kind of brings that to to the forefront right at the end like she says you know I think that's called leadership or what have you and yeah she makes him realize it's not as as unsuccessful as he thinks it is yeah
2: it's been a part it wasn't actually a disaster it's actually been something really positive
1: well if i might say again to elliot's point if you would had michael in that position and maybe uh tilly and colbert down on the crew you know in the um, landing party i think that would have been a nicer fit and it would have still had uh, michael be a pivotal part in this episode
0: yeah it would i, I just don't know if Michael, having had the year's experience in the time, I I wonder if that would have.
2: Yeah, she's pu- she's had a year to sort of come to terms with. Yeah. Not just being cut off from her past and and Vulcan, but also she had a year thinking that she was cut off completely from a, Discovery. I think that she'd lost them. I think maybe so. This... she had a year of dealing with all the loss. Oh, they, these yeah. are. On what day three now? Something like that. been yeah. off from the
1: families forever. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I actually just more meant that they could have had the end bit with some, like um, oh a, yes, like success, you know, yeah they they could, and have, you could have, have done have yeah the main plot I and mean, um, I believe it, it was Tilly who said. Look, in the day which she's known that Trill uh, girl, that uh, she's seen her and she's imagined her like a dandelion. <laughs> and she blows a bit. She's left the other hosts. That's what she thinks. Well, Tilly, think about
0: Tilly is very insightful. I do I do like the bit though when they, they talk to Stamets and Stamets says, yeah, everything I've achieved is because of you. And says, I knew that. And I think that's <laughs> really good. But it's good that them yeah, two... Brilliant. Them two seem to have got over the little, little spat that they've had and everything. Should we go? Well, to... I think
2: it's that where they just needed to blow out, like I said, yeah. which you all did at the dinner party. The ones yeah. who needed to blow out and the did and the move the starting to heal and move on.
0: Yeah, like exactly. we get
2: deeper at the end. She goes up to Colby and goes, "Can we talk?"
0: Yeah, and I yeah, think. So she
2: she's realised that she has got a problem and
0: she needs to deal with it. I think Culber says to Saru as well, doesn't he, he says, like, we needed to stop pretending we were all okay first. And... Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Almost echoes of, like, uh, Picard in the episode Family where he, he's pretending he's okay after the bargain and it's not till he has that scrap with his brother and the, he has a cry and they get pissed that yeah. he, he can let it start to heal properly, you know. Um... One thing like uh when we, we put up we were doing this episode a friend of ours, honey, she said like she hopes this won't get all wrapped up in one episode and I don't think it will. I think we are gonna <clears throat> we are gonna deal with this now. Spent... I
2: think this is gonna be I think this is gonna be a bit of an ongoing thing throughout the... I I certainly don't think the problem di is uh wrapped up. No. And I hope we look into it a lot more
0: Absolutely. in the next
2: episode or two with Colbert.
1: I think what we've really got is that she has admitted she's got a problem. They've all admitted they've kind of got everything that's happened, and now they can solve it together. So, like, even though they'll be empowering forward during it, they'll be going forward together. I think that was important. Yeah. that Star Trek vibe going, so when they do have the problem, they can solve it together. I think it's really good.
0: Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm looking forward to how they explore it. Shall we move on to the air plot then? So we've we've sort of danced around it, but we've not really got into the yeah. <laughs> the meat yeah. of it. So. Adira, we find out, which we, we didn't really know, um, last week, but she doesn't remember anything, um, I thought, like, she just couldn't remember the, the past lives, but apparently she can't remember anything at all, anything apart she from was joined a year ago, yeah. which, um, which I, I didn't know, but anyway, she, but again, spoilers, but by the end of the episode, she can, so it's all fine, um... And yeah, they, they, they didn't do the Jantara, which was something that I um, speculated on, but it's more or less, it's very similar. So they, they go on a, a spiritual thing, don't they? Like she goes nope. into the the pools of...
2: The thing that got me here when they make the trill, mm-hmm. don't you think that they look, and I don't mean the makeup, I mean how they dress that, they look more like Bajoran
0: maybe yeah they looked it, it, there was certainly a more spiritual take on yeah. the trill than we yeah. had before the but,
1: feeling i got was like bringing a bit of the look of the Dalai lama and those kind of religions i think there yes was lost.
2: yeah it, it reminded me of more of bajorans than what yeah. than a trill society no, i can definitely see that i think what that. they've done
1: though is they have brought in the religion a bit. More. i think you are right but i think it's basically just what they've done is they what Star Trek does is at its best is looking what those characters have been in the past. And even though they update it, they do it in keeping. So I don't think they did a tremendous job with the Klingons, if I'm honest, especially with their look no. when they did that discovery. I didn't mind the story arc, but I think just the look and the feel of the
2: Klingons wasn't Well, there was right. uh, mass outcry, weren't they, about the Klingons? But
1: with the Trills, I think they've learned their lesson. They've done a much better job. And it, in fact, now, I was thinking, wouldn't it be really exciting to see what the Klingons are like in this age? And maybe they could have a second swing at doing a Better, better.
0: Um, I'm sure we'll get to that, and
2: well, we already had <coughs> it in the second series, didn't we? That they we were retconning them back to yes, more like they what were. we used
0: to see, and yeah. I, I suspect <laughs> that what we'll see, if and when we see the Klingons, whether it's in Discovery, whether it's in Picard, I think we will see the the quality of the makeup from Discovery, but much more in line with what we've seen before. Like you um, fair the
2: retcon the trill for DS Nine didn't it it they, from is. what we saw yeah. in TNG. Yeah. That's and that funny. was all. Well, that was all due to the studio. The studio had gone to the trouble of hiring Terry Farrell to play Dax, and they started putting all these ridges on her. And the studio took one look and went, "We haven't gone to all this trouble of hiring a beautiful young woman to play this part for you to hide the looks behind a load of ridges to do something different." They, they... So they did spots which worked brilliantly. And the
0: spot. Oh, were were from a different episode. They were from that episode with um, Fanka Jansen in. Um, the, 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 uh, I, I forget the, the name the of the episode. Of the, the woman who's the gift. yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I just my 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 point mainly was just that I don't mind them changing the character a bit if they keep in keeping with the origin and what the spirit of it yeah. is. So if you want to add a bit of religion, that's fine. I think it fits that kind and of ethos they had. With there's there was a certain ritual they treated the. Um, the, the tru- symbionts well with
0: yeah I mean and we've only really seen Trill society once in that one episode of Deep Space Nine so there's a lot of ground to expand it so yeah. um, I'm, yeah. I'm I don't it doesn't strike me as contradictory to anything we've seen before no, it, and didn't, it, seems... it
2: didn't strike me as contradictory to anything it just reminded me more of Bajorans yeah, no, than absolutely. what I expected
0: of Trill and we yeah. do get this back and forth about well you can't a human can't have a, a host, and at first they tell him to go away, but then there's that one guy who's like, no, no, come to the caves with me, and all of this stuff. And, yeah, so this is where we get into what the the main part... that I think the bit that everybody thinks of with this episode now, the bit that's getting all the praise and everything, is when we get inside the symbiont's mind, or Adira's mind, or an alternate pocket universe, right. or wherever we are, <laughs> but we get this sort of metaphorical thing of the little tendrils trying to join onto Adira and of course because it's Michael, Michael has to go into her mind as well Um, which I could have lived without it, we could have just seen this from Adira's point of view Yeah. But, but then there are countless, this is not a criticism that is specific to Discovery there's countless episodes where somebody's gone inside Data's mind or Somebody's gone inside somebody else's mind, so it this does uh, happen. The,
2: the great one is, um, when Dr. Bush and O'Brien go into yeah. Sloan's mind, so you know, that's one of uh, the greatest in the minds episodes ever,
1: yeah. But I think, I think, in those examples, a it's kind of there's a reason to do that, and b that does follow a formula. Surely, this would have been a great time to break that formula to do something different to just follow her journey. Yeah, you could have had Michael every now and again, you cut back to Michael outside going. Oh no, I'm worried about her. Then get on with it. You know, I
0: just didn't yeah, I, I didn't I'd have been either. quite happy with that, and it would have also um, kind of more paid off the ending of it, where we get that ending where she's got uh, the vision of grey, and you know, it's like oh, she doesn't know I'm here, and you didn't tell her, and blah 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 blah. But that could have been that may have worked even better if she'd have, you know, Adira had gone into her own mind, had this experience, and then just not, yeah, not, not uh, even like, told Michael about like, it. Like, well, wouldn't it, have
2: made, wouldn't it have made more sense if someone had to get in the pool with her for one of the Trill to get in who know what's going on, Then one of the Trill go to Michael? You better get
0: in there. <laughs> to be fair. To be honest with
1: you, for in-story reasons, if you add another Trill in, which we don't know, then you have a shoe there. I think it's and... just no one in the pool. You just get on with her being in the pool and her experiencing this. Yeah, but, just,
2: well, that's what I mean, I, I'd have yeah. been happy, like you say, it yeah, should have been, been just happy do it. but it, when you look at it, that the trill went to Michael, you better get in there to help her. Yeah. Surely it'd make more sense for the trill to get in there to, to help her. To be fair, if i who, who has an idea what might be going
0: on. If <laughs> I'd have been Michael, I'd have been like, I'm not letting you in there with her, half of you have called her an abomination, so, I, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with us. So I can see that as well. But yeah, it's... It's unnecessary. I don't think it particularly harms it, but it's just the whole Michael thing in this episode is fairly unnecessary. Um, So we get the... It turns out it's another repressed memory thing. So we've got a nice synergy between the A plot and the B plot, like Adira's got to access this repressed memory and the crew have got to come face-to-face with the trauma. And so there is a nice balance between the two plots there. Which you don't always get with Star Trek. Like, particularly in TNG and DS9, you would have an A plot that was about whatever, and then you'd have a B plot about Nog and Jake selling self stealing stem bolts, and it's got, you know, <laughs> there's nothing. And I always imagine. Which,
1: that, which uh, O'Brien doesn't know what they are, and then a yes. the future episode is boasting them.
0: Well, he obviously boned up on it because so they're very important, yeah. but, but you, I always imagined the way they did those episodes back in the day was like. When they were breaking the stories for the season, people had come up with ideas for a plots, b plots, and they'd go, "Okay, we've got an a plot for this episode. Which b plot can we stick in? Oh, we'll stick that one in." You know, because yeah, who, is, who
2: isn't involved in the a plot? Yeah,
0: that we need to give a bit of screen time to. They were interchangeable. Yeah. Whereas this, thematically, these two plots do link together. So I like that. We find out that um, you know Adira had this boyfriend, Gray. Who's? Played, was it was her husband, weren't they? They were married yeah, very young. No, she said. She said boyfriend. I don't think she said I, husband. Oh right, I got the impression that they've been married very young. I was just gonna say they are very young. This is the thing, and this this is the only thing that I thought it was played brilliantly by both of them, and I bought the chemistry between them, and I bought that they loved each other. It just maybe it's because I'm getting old. I'd have probably loved this when I were a teenager, but I'm just like really you both 16 yeah someone else will be along in a few months don't worry
2: well like well to be fair they are on a generational ship yes so there's probably not a lot there's of not people a lot of age. fair enough there's probably not a big
1: pool a dating pool well i mean dating pool being very appropriate to yes. but, like, that's not yeah. the, point. the one thing i'd like to raise uh, something which james brought up last uh, i want to be extremely careful now we mentioned last week that we in advance apologize if we use any incorrect terms or, you know, it, it is all meant respectfully, so we will do our best to navigate this correctly. But you mentioned about the fact that we've got a non-binary act
0: mm-hmm.
1: playing a a, a <clears throat> female in the, in this. And I thought they are playing a she and you've got this other character who, to me, to stereotypically I know, seemed to kind of like be very LGBTQ in some form. Like, I, I, I thought the way he was portraying it seemed like a kind of like, certainly to to seem like a, a gay character. Like, I, again, like, I know there's a lot of stereotype involved in that, but I think you come up with a much more interesting, more Star Trek kind of like a relationship. If you had two people who are the, on the LGBT spectrum... Um, Playing these characters, like as characters, I think that would be so much more interesting. I think, like it was almost there. <laughs> I have never seen a character like Gray in Star Trek. I have never seen that. The, type the of... part was
2: written especially I... for him.
1: Well, that's the thing, but I've the... never seen any anyone like him.
2: Because he... in
1: Star Trek, and I because I did see
2: an interview with him, and I'm not sure if he is he transgender or transitioning. Yes, I don't.
1: know But it, it seems to me where you've got two people who certainly very much seemed to be LGBTQ, and it's not at all present in the story. I think that's such a missed opportunity. He was such a new character I'd never seen in any Star Trek before. I would have loved to have celebrated and had it more be a feature of the character. Well,
0: I I think, to your point there, I I think we're going to see Grey again, particularly with the way the episode ends, so I don't think that story's done. The actor, Ian Alexander, is a trans man who identifies as male um yeah. so that whether the character will also be trans i i don't know um they had they did say in the publicity that um blue which blue del Baro, who plays adira would be playing a, a non-binary character and that Ian alexander would be playing a trans character neither of those things have been established in character terms yet um, and and I right. don't know
1: they if could be, they, they could be building up to that. You're right. But certainly they've referred to them as she. Yes. And they've only referred to him, which is fine. Again, I've got no problem with that. I, I understand he is a he. I'm not claiming any different. I just think to bring that out, uh, it just seemed like such a powerful moment to not get it. That is such a moment in Star Trek history. I want it to be mentioned because I think it's really important <coughs> in that moment. You then subsequently don't have to mention every time you ever transfer that they are no. trans. No, but that for that unique moment for everyone who's trans being themselves on the screen because it's explicitly mentioned, I think is so powerful. And you mentioned the last week, James, and I think you're right that they should have. then had them being a them and him being I mean, a him who has gone through this change.
0: I I do think we're building to that with Adira. I think i, I from what I've heard. Um, Adira is going to come out as non-binary later in the story, so I, I do think that's going to be a, addressed. To the thing with Gray, I mean, I as a cis person, I I don't know because I've not had that experience, so I don't know how yeah. I I would react to it. But I remember I when I first watched this, I thought, oh, actually, this is this is interesting because you've got a male trans actor playing a male character, and nothing is said of it. And I thought, well, that is interesting that there's not a big flashing arrow pointing it out. And I'm just interested to see where the actors go. So I think so far they've both done a really good job with the roles, and I am intrigued to see where it goes. But I also take your point that it feels like, particularly at, at this moment in time... If we're going to get those actors in, are we going to tell that story? And you know, I'm not saying that every every trans actor, or every LGBT actor should only be cast in a role where that is the focus of the story. So I don't think that's the case at all. But like you say, it, if there's nothing done with it, then it does feel like a missed opportunity. But the advanced publicity suggests that. It will be otherwise. I think we've just got to...
2: I think it's one of those things <coughs> that you've got that... They've said that they're going to, that it's going to be part of it. But I also don't think it's... I think it's got to be handled really cl- well. It mm-hmm. can't be just thrown smack in your face. There's got to be a reason for it within the story.
0: Yeah, it can't be...
2: You can't just, you can't just do it for the sake of having the characters be that. There's got to be a reason that yeah. this... This young couple turn out to be this way. Yep. Because yep. obviously, they obviously, this episode it they sold it that they were very much in love with each other. Yep. Yeah, and it was
1: beautifully done. And, and I kind of, I did totally take James's
2: point out of your. So if you if you're going to change, so that's and it sold it as a young girl and a young man who were very much in love. And if you're going to change the sexuality of both these people later on it has to fit into the story and not just be done for the sake of doing it, to have... If you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, there there needs to be a story to be told, otherwise... Yeah, there needs
2: to be a reason to put it in there, Yeah, not just to do it for the sake of being politically correct or whatever. Because you don't... It it has to be done very... It has to be done grown
0: up. (laughs) Yeah, there needs to be a story to be told, because it the fact is and i don't know whether you know I, I hope that i'm not stepping on any toes or offending anyone in any way with any of this cuz I, I you know i want to see where this story goes and i'm i'm happy to be educated on all these issues and everything and i appreciate that from my position i know very very little co-signed. of this co-signed
1: what you're <laughs> saying everything you're yeah,
0: saying like when we go back to the episode where buck came into it we didn't sit there and say oh well why is Buck being presented as a cisgendered straight male you know, and it, is that a fault of us that we react to these people in that way and go oh there, there needs to be a story about this but then you tie yourself a bit nuts because on the other hand <laughs> the publicity material when they talked about these actors joining the show made a big thing of it so, well, uh,
1: I, I think you've got uh, two things here one, you do need it to get certain to the place whereby it is nothing special. Some of these non-binary, some of these, get, some of these trans, it should be nothing special to have that. I was going to say, I think you've got to get there first, though. I think you've got to have the first mm-hmm. person of any type to be demonstrated in Star Trek. You, you, I think you do make a bit of a fuss of the first time because it is something special. It shouldn't be, though. And then you get it to the point where yeah. you characters and... it's not something special that's what we want to get to it shouldn't be that special that we've got the first well, female we shouldn't have the first female um african-american uh, vice president but now we're just getting to that so of yeah, course it's something special. True. But we want to get to the point where it's commonplace but we've got to get there that's
2: yeah great, elliot well what i was saying is discovery has already done it brilliantly with the gay relationship of caulder and Stamets. it it just feels perfectly natural that they are a couple and how it first came out that there were a couple when they were there just brushing the teeth yes. together is is something that a couple would do together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, no, was, it was it it it's handled, and that's what I mean that the need to handle this story really well, how they do it. Yes, they the do. same as what they did there, and they have shown that they're very really, that they can do that. It doesn't need to be in your face. That yeah,
1: I I guess to that argument, I think if you had just had. Sorry, the the true um, person. What's him? Her... Gray. The
0: character's <laughs> name's Gray. The actor's Ian Alexander. No, no.
1: After Gray. Oh, Adira. Sorry. Adira. Sorry, Adira. With Adira's character, if from the get go they had just referred to her as they and they had done that from day one, then you could have had exactly that, and that would have been a very easy way to have amplified a a mm-hmm. um, non-binary person. It was just they were just there. That's it. But they didn't do that. So now they've got to establish. Yes. This...
0: Absolutely right. Coming
1: out, which is a fine thing to do as well, because people who've who've come out have not seen Shonen's uh, shonen's Tricks, so I get that too. But, you know, they traded one for the other. And
0: going back to what we talked about a little bit last week, I hope that as and when Adira does come out, it's not a case of now I'm joined with the Trill, I am trans, uh, I am non-binary. I hope it's joining with the Trill has made me realise that I've always been non-binary. And I, I hope that's the story we tell, because I don't want it to be because of an alien influence. I want it to be just who yeah. they are. Um, though I did notice the, and we talk about how Star Trek uses metaphor and things like that, and I wondered if some of the dialogue we got between Adira and Grey was touching on this, because there was a little bit, you know, it. you've got a trans actor there and you've got another character saying to them now that you've had it done are you different and are you still you and what were these things always part of you and I thought it, it worked within the context of the Trill thing but I suppose you could read that as, as this dialogue being a little bit too on the nose but I thought it it walked the line just well enough yeah. And I've not heard that there's been any sort of backlash to that. So, and I think they did that very well because I think you can watch that from two perspectives and it works. So, I thought very, very well done dialogue in that sequence. I mean, for all my
1: questions about it, I thought it was just a piece in between. Yeah, I, I
0: thought them. they because were excellent. I
1: completely loved them from the, from day one. Again, I thought there were two characters I had Star Trek before, which I always loved. What they are like, just see two brand new characters in Star Trek. They both it felt like a unique relationship I'd never seen in Star Trek. Loved it, it and,
0: was great. I mean, the the characters are shown as very very young, and and I, I keep meaning to check how old are the actors because they do seem young, but. Um, the, I the
2: think he's nineteen. Brilliant. Nineteen. I've got. Um, I'm sure. I've, I, that that was
0: mentioned in the interview. I saw. I mean,
2: that's... I may been, I may have remembered wrong, but I'm sure
0: he's nineteen. Well, if if if, if he's nineteen, then that to give that performance. He, he, I mean, it's a great performance regardless of your age. But to be given a role of a trill where you've got to carry this thing of I've, I've got all these memories and I've got this that and the other, but also to play this. Really, quite intense emotional scene as well. It, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. very impressed by by Ian Alexander's performance there, regardless oh, of yeah. his age. But um yeah, the whole
1: episode had he really mind But their their story, I just yeah, that really now is
0: beautiful. one thing that undermined it for me, and it it it's not their fault necessarily unless they have done what I think they may have done. There was like a refrain playing, uh, and Adira plays it on, at the end on the cello, and it reminded me of like a riff out of a Meatloaf song, um, the the song "Everything Louder Than Everything <coughs> Else." That it finishes with like a bagpipe solo of just the these few notes, and on it I couldn't get it out of my head when I was listening to it, and I'm like, I'm sure they've got that off Meatloaf, and that well, kind of brought well, me. Well, to of- be fair,
2: they do say that it was. Uh... A lullaby from oh, what was the name of the alibi
0: the admiral? Uh, yeah, 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 I've forgotten. I can't remember the name of the admiral, but they said it was a lullaby
2: from his childhood, and I suppose if you look at lullabies now, I I assume they were probably popular songs when they were first written. So maybe a meatloaf song over the (laughs) centuries or millennia. It's actually become a, a bit of a lullaby for children.
0: To be fair... I would like, do
2: anything for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to be fair, like, everything louder than everything else, I think, is about 11 minutes long, so you're in danger of nodding off anyway when that well, comes on. there so. you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe Everything's so.
1: louder than else. Good night, children. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know.
0: But, um, yeah, so that, yeah, not sure about the... the it's probably nothing like it. Uh, so when... when I know we're, we're just sort of running out of time, aren't we? But um, when Adira joins with the other hosts and we see the other Huss, one of them's got a Picard-era uniform on, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, Trills, though, seem to have a, a real propensity for being in Starfleet. Like, out of the five hosts we saw, two of them, it's like, that's a lot. But if you
1: picture the um, the thing which they have said that they, which is again, go out and experiment many, as many different lots as possible. Mm. If you're going to do that, starfleet's a very good way of doing it. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Um,
2: so, and, like, t- and to be fair, before the burn, you get the impression that starfleet is pretty much. Everywhere, everything, everywhere. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, to be honest, if you want to travel and see the galaxy, Starfleet's a nice free way of doing it. Yeah. So, yeah right. I,
2: I imagine before the burn that probably you had the Klingon Empire and the Kardashian Empire, all of them had become part of Starfleet. Maybe. In, the, that would in, be this, interesting. in this time. That would uh, be what was left of the Romulans had been encompassed into it. Now, that they... they didn't have all these. Scrubbles going on in the Alpha Quadrant and Beta Quadrant.
0: Now the Romulans are interesting because, as we know from our time travel series that we did, their uh, ships are powered by singularities, black holes, rather than by yep. warp cores. So they don't use dilithium. So maybe Romulus could have risen to some degree of power again in this time frame, assuming even the left. I know that they have
2: um, a quantum sim- singularity, but I don't know if they don't use dilithium. I'm quite sure that they still use dilithium.
0: Okay,
1: we'll see. I mean, All, all I was going to say is the one good thing about this whole storyline in the future where the Federation <laughs> is less powerful is you don't have to invent ever bigger enemies for the, the Federation no. to fight because they, they get stronger with every enemy they make a friend. So every time you come up with an enemy, they've got to be bigger and more like ridiculously. Now you can just have another civilization is pretty much like on a par with the Federation at the moment. Yeah. Well, any,
2: any, any civilization that can do warp travel without dilithium mm-hmm. is going to be a powerhouse.
1: Yeah. And... So it's, it's, it's a nice kind of leveler you can have these more intimate stories and tell like you know yeah. right at the end of this where Trill was saying it's like well if the Federation come find this way we have you back you know it's a lovely end yeah. what
0: what about the Dominion actually because the Dominion they they didn't like destroy the Dominion the Dominion just agreed to stay in the Gamma Quadrant so who knows but uh, yeah did, did they have
2: their you? destroyed as well, or stop working for split second, I, don't know. I still think I, I, I'm still sticking to my theory on who's responsible though, that it was
0: Q Possibly, we shall see Winner, winner, winner Theory time, yeah, Q, Q. Um, yeah. Well, shall, now that we're on theory time, shall we, what what do we think is going to go on next week then, so we finish up here, Adira pretty much says, I've got the coordinates for Starfleet well, I've, like
2: I have seen the trailer for next week.
0: <laughs> I haven't <laughs> so, either, but give us a cryptic oh, oh. clue, Elliot. Um, well, they're going to do what you'd
2: expect them to do from what Adir now knows. Okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you
1: have to see some form of the Federation. Look, we're enough episodes in now. Even if we yeah. don't find all of it, we have to find something. Like, <laughs> they can only tease us, like, they can only work the balls so long. Yeah. To be fair, we action.
2: It was quite a. It was a very short teaser, and um, they do go to what where the new Starfleet command is, and then they say that they haven't been able to go beyond s- somewhere since the burn, and mm. um, but I couldn't catch where what it was they couldn't go beyond. Okay. So it makes you wonder if beyond that is where they're going to find out
0: what caused the burn. Maybe so. Yeah. And um, I've heard that David Cronenberg's in it next week as an actor. Uh, obviously, the you know famous director of The Fly and you know other body oh. horror films. Hmm. Um, so not a prolific actor. He was in Nightbreed as but, a, a killer. But... Like
2: I will be. I'll also be fair though. Like they showed the trailer, but they showed the trailer after the first episode. That parts of it yeah. still haven't been in uh, uh, by the end of the fourth episode. So I, I'm not sure if they're actually just showing clips for the next episode anymore or what could happen later in the series
0: i hope that we do do the starfleet thing because if you remember last season elliot every week we were like well we've got to find spock next week i mean we've been teasing spock and it took till episode seven i mean it got that ridiculous that i i went into a coma before they actually you know (laughs) got Spock. so you know, don't string us along quite as much as um as that. Yeah, uh, it was it, it got a bit silly. They milked it, it away a bit got, too much It got
2: very silly by by the end. And again, it, that was
0: because they featured him in the trailers. It made it look like he was gonna be in it from day one, but anyway, let's yeah. that that's season but, two. <laughs> but, uh,
2: Star, Starfleet next week and hopefully when they actually get to Starfleet Command we might find out how far the Federation still reaches... Yeah. We, what they do still control, why they can't get to anywhere else. Yeah.
0: As I said, when, I, when we were running up to the Earth episode, I said I would be more than happy it would make for probably pretty terrible drama and most people would hate it, but I'd be happy if it was just Saru, Michael, sat down in a room with the people from the Federation and it was just a and a for an hour I'd be like, just carry on. I want to hear more of it. Keep going. You could
1: have like the go Comic Con, but like within episode.
0: Yeah. Or like do do it like have your action-packed episodes for your your casual viewer. But give me like BBC. Press the red button. I want to press the red button to, you know. You've got. Like... Do
2: you want to? Do you want to? See... What is it? It's um, like Starship Troopers, isn't it? Do you want to see more? More to know more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: I see it as like actually, when you're saying you want to see more, I see it more like Pornhub. Like you're you want all the action. I want it to be exactly like as well. I want the Q and A to be between uh, Starfy and uh, Mike and Saru. You've got uh, Tilly can be going around all the stalls, seeing what tech they can pick up. Like you yeah. can do the whole thing. And then on metaphor episode,
0: Linus and Giorgio are just off down the bar or something. Because I'm liking the little <laughs> pairing of them two as well. So I won't I'm be super... sorry
1: guys, we are going to have to start Yeah, we're,
0: we're, we'll wrap it up there then, but yeah, great episode again, if you want to get You're in
2: Very much, you could watch this very much standalone, yes, I'm not sure in the future if, it'll, if it's one that I'll go back to over and over again but, no. but it, it's very much a standalone story yeah. on its own As
0: was last week, so Um, Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime, you can email us retrekpod at gmail.com send us a message on Twitter uh, retrekpod there just at retrekpod in fact and um, I think that's about it, join us on the Facebook Facebook. group and come and have a chat, let us know what you thought of this episode
1: Can I just quickly before we uh, round up I'm sorry, I did want to ask you guys if this is okay before but we're here now so (laughs) Um, uh, I, I often say that we're Retrek was born was, was when we did uh the first episode as part of this first squeak fest 24-hour thing but really it was born at sci-fi weekend when well the four of us in Cleveland met mm-hmm. uh, and we just this week uh, lost a, a dear friend of ours who a, a big star trek handdoctor and uh, our, our dear friend fee uh sadly died of coronavirus this um last week and uh just a thought and give a shout-out to her. She did a one-woman show where she had the Spock do, which was across cross of Spock and Doctor Who. And I, died me,
2: a, I died on a show because I, I was did. in a red shirt.
1: <laughs> me and Elliot both got to do that. Actually, in a previous, uh, when she did this, I got to play Arthur Dent in one of the other bits in it. And we both got to play, it's just so great. We all three of us saw uh, and yeah. loved the show. Yeah. And Fee was just one of the most incredible women and one of the best supporters. Like, Talk about like uh, the ideals of Stoke and Starfleet. Uh, she lived it. She like when it as well as being a performer, a writer, a um, harp player, a singer, like an all round one woman threat, she would be the first one to buy tickets for someone else show, right? to buy someone else's book, yeah. to um to shout out at someone else's podcast. Everything everyone else was doing, and I couldn't think of anything more Star Trek than that. So I'm just going to miss the hell out of her, and I can't imagine going to the next uh, weekend and her not being there. So, um,
2: yeah, I think just... we're all going to be sad yeah, w- about uh,
0: that. Can't really add any more to that, but you can't um, add any more to that. Yeah, um, I don't think I can either. No, that's but um, I'm sorry, mate. if you, the person we're talking about, Fiona Anguin, uh have a look on Amazon, she's written a lot of books, they're on there. Googler, the his, the things she one, hasn't one done, not worth doing.
1: The weekender, it's like a Fishmans version. Of the yes, which, which was good. brilliant. She shared out everyone. Absolutely.
0: So, so um, yeah, it's we the, there's not enough hours in the day to give enough tribute to her. <laughs> no <laughs> but um, we could do an entire show on that. But <laughs> I just
1: felt we had to mention it. Like no, yeah. absolutely,
0: absolutely. absolutely. So, um, thank you for trekking with us this time, and we will see you next time on the retrek.